Welcome to the Kennedy Events Podcast, where we feature top marketing, communications, and future of work leaders and share their biggest takeaways and insights. We love these conversations and hope you will too. Let's get started. Hi, Paige Buck here. I am the host of the Kennedy Events Podcast, where I sit down with inspiring event and venue leaders and corporate brand leaders in the San Francisco Bay Area. I have John Corcoran here of Rise25, who has done thousands of interviews with successful entrepreneurs, investors, and CEOs. We have flipped the script, and he will be interviewing me. Hi, John. All right, Paige. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Um, and this episode, actually, we're going to be going through a case story breakdown about a software company that wanted to put on a 1,500-person conference in San Francisco on a cruise ship terminal. They'd never done a conference of this size before and brought Kennedy Events in for your expertise. And so we're going to give really a behind the scenes on what that looked like, what types of considerations went into it, uh, what happened with a number of different cru- you know, curveballs that came along the way. Uh, so it'll be, a, it'll be a great episode. Now, first, before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Kennedy Events. Kennedy Events is your full service partner for stress-free event planning with one goal in mind, to help you plan a world-class corporate event with strategy and style. With an obsessive team that knows and loves events, they help you to pull off an event that shines and makes you look like a hero. From support and strategy, venue selection, decor, menu, and audio management, they're with you every step of the way. Discover, design, delight with Kennedy Events. You can go to kennedyevents.com or you can also contact them at kennedyevents.com slash contact to learn more. All right, Paige. So um, you, of course, are my guest here today, partner with Kennedy Events. And we're going to break down this um, company that came to you. It was a a procurement company named Mm -hmm. Scout that wanted to do a major user conference, about 1,500 attendees. They came to you about a half a year in advance. And they had a venue in mind, but they knew that with a two-person staff for marketing that they would need to bring in some expertise. So so take me me through when they first came to you, uh, what the vision was and, and what what they gave you to work with. Yeah. So they knew they uh, needed help. Um, I love when a team says, we've done some events or tried to do some events at scale before and it nearly killed us. Uh, Now we need uh, somebody else. Um, They had, as you described, a vision for uh, getting somewhere between a thousand and 2000 of their users and prospects in um, a series of rooms together to learn both about um, best practices in their industry. So they were sort of establishing themselves as an industry thought leader um, and, you know, planting a flag in the ground, um, but also teaching their users how best to use their software. Um, And they know procurement is perceived as boring and the poor folks in, you know, a procurement department are underappreciated, undervalued, underloved, um, probably not remembered when you're giving shout outs to your favorite people in your company. Um, and that they wanted to create something that was a really good time and really memorable for them that um, kind of shook the cobwebs off of a stodgy, stodgy industry. Yeah. And so you end up doing it at Pier 27 in San Francisco, which is the cruise ship terminal, right? Yep. And it's a big, gorgeous, new space on two levels. Um, you know, you walk right in off of a beautiful uh, park off of the Embarcadero and you've got views out to the bay with sailboats and uh, cru- um, cruise ships sometimes. 
um, container ships is the word I was looking for, like off in the distance. Um, but the space also comes with its own challenges on top of that. Yeah. And one of those being that it has great doors that open up because there are masses of people that are kind of walking through the space. But interestingly, it was designed for people to offload from a ship and just kind of go straight on through. And so right. one of the big challenges was there were bathrooms, but not enough power at all to yeah. run that. It's like a stunningly gorgeous space. And they definitely seem to have in mind that it could also be used for events that would wow, you know, visitors or, uh, you know, people in the Bay Area. But they completely neglected to plan accordingly for that. So all of the amenities of the space are gorgeous, brand new and, you know, everything that you would expect, except that it's only got about enough um, power run into the building to power up like the TSA's like passport check stations. Um, and, and that's about it. Yep. So Not you have enough. to bring in generators. Um, you have to bring in absolutely everything else. So you can light the space like you would like an airplane hanger, but you can't make like attractive lighting that looks good yeah. on people's faces or lights your stage uh, and your screen. Everything has to be brought in from outside. Wow. And it doesn't, and there, right? That's the power piece, but you have other complexities. So you have multiple days of loading in, you have unions to contend with, you have permits, you have fire marshal. Kind of take us through some of the different things in, in your head when you're evaluating a project like this that you know you're gonna have to work on. And I don't know about you, but like as soon as I hear permits and fire marshal, I get anxious and I know that our team know exactly what they're doing when it comes to that. Um, but it certainly makes our clients anxious. They're like, well, what permits and how do you even file them? And how do you make sure they're going to work out? Um, so an event of this scale requires uh, a long timeline. This is about five months in the making. Um, every little detail um, goes into that timeline. Um, and we work backwards from the event date to identify all of the components and um, not least of which are like the de deadline for, you know, um, submitting floor plans to the fire marshal who is going to tell you, you can't do it the way you're planning to do it. Mm. doesn't matter if you know all of the rules and regulations, like the back of your hand, um, like our team and like our caterers and the client, the vendors that we hire know all of the implications. We may have um, rules on the books that say you need a corridor this wide, or you can't have rows of chairs more than this many before you have a break. Uh, and we will lay out our floor plan accordingly and you'll take it to the fire marshal and they'll tell you, nope, uh, I know that it says that, but in this instance, we want it to be even wider or those rows of chairs to be even shorter. So they will require revisions and you will be resubmitting them and you have to bake that into your planning process. And, mm. and then, like you said, many other components, we're talking about like a small subsection of it, but we're bringing in more than 30 vendors to make this happen. Uh, who are bringing in multiple trucks. Those trucks all have to be scheduled and coordinated for their unloading. One they can't, all show, can't have all those trucks showing up at the same time. Can't have them all showing up at the same time. Um, one vendor is going to be reliant on another vendor, right? Like we can't um, put the furniture on the stage until the stage is built. Yeah. Um, we, But we do need to get the stage in before we get the seating in. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we do need to come through and zip tie those seats and make sure that they match the floor plan uh, with a ruler, or, you know, with a tape measure 
before the fire marshal comes through, which mm. she's going to do at a certain point. Um, and she's going to come on a schedule and then she's going to have a, you know, feedback and opinions on what you've got laid out. Yeah. And by the way, I don't know if we mentioned this, but the, one of the, the fun theme that you decided to go with be to make it more fun, because I know you said that was a big goal, was yeah. it, everything was cruise ship themed too. So adding to the complexity, you got bartenders wearing cruise ship themed outfits and you had yeah. you know everything themed. So talk a little bit about that idea, because that's really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes the client comes with um, uh, an idea like we've got to make it fun. And sometimes they come with uh, a, a very specific theme. And in this case, they honed in pretty quickly on one or two themes, landed on that one with our help. And then it was ours to sort of make that broad strokes. Like we were thinking it would feel like you were on a cruise ship. And then what does that look like actually? So that looks like a steel drum band and it looks like, yeah, you know, captain's hats and um, really cute little details. Lots of like Kenta palms, lots of lounge furniture that felt super comfy, but also looked like it was out of like rattan and cotton. So it could feel like you were, you know, laying out on a deck um, on a cruise ship. Yeah. Um, tons and tons of brand um, effort went into this look and feel as well. So it felt very much like you were on our client's cruise ship. Yeah. Now, of course, San Francisco is known for um, weather that can change on a dime and you're based in San Francisco. So I'm sure you were taking that into consideration going into all this. Yeah. So often, and especially at the piers or a a venue like this that can have like some indoor outdoor vibes, sometimes our um, clients will want to do things with um, food trucks because it will, can get people outdoors and it feels related. And and I recall, could be wrong with that. This client wanted that. And we actually ended up talking them out of it because food trucks are um, at the end of the day, no less expensive than traditional catering for an event of this size and scale, because you need a number of trucks and you need to hone in on, well, you know, going to the food truck, isn't that an expensive an experience to begin with. Yeah. But then yeah. once they're building it out at scale, you actually have to choose like one item on one menu for one food truck so mm-hmm. that they can plan for hundreds and hundreds of that and to be able to serve it pretty quickly. But we have to have, um, backup plans for weather here in all instances. Now, granted they're indoors, but those doors you described roll up really nicely and provide access to the outside. And even though this event was in February, February can be one of those shockingly gorgeous months in San Francisco where it's clear and sometimes sunny. And if you're lucky, you really do want to get out, get out there. But we've got to be able to say, uh, keep that space. Did I mention that along with not enough power comes not, not enough, enough heat? heat. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, you know, built into like our timeline for that day is like, uh, you know, bringing extra heaters, heating the heck out of the space in the morning. Then if it's nice enough, rolling up those doors, mm. all that heat escapes. Mm. You got to, you know, you're going to want to close those doors again by two o'clock and crank up the heat at a quiet moment when there's not a main stage presentation going on. <laughs> so you can warm everything up back up again. For folks. Okay, so. There's infinite number of complexity here. So uh, many details. But on top of this, I love this. A couple of weeks before the event happens, there's actually a big event that that impacts it. So share what happened. Yeah. So Scout got acquired by Workday, which I think has been scooping up brands left and right. And it was an incredibly exciting moment for the client. Um, 
for their business. It was everything. That acquisition was something they very much wanted. And then there was a, a couple of weeks more of like, wait and see, will we, won't we want to announce this? Want to co-brand? What does co-branding look like in a pinch? You've now got this ginormous parent company that was going to have uh, opinions and lots to say about how their brand and the two brands together are um, represented at the event. Um, and they basically decided to double down. They were like, yeah, let's do this. Let's use this to really announce the acquisition, the new uh, parent and home of this organization. And they uh, said, let's build out a whole suite on the second floor that allows us to take meetings with clients so they can understand what this new business is going to mean for them, what the opportunities are. What wow, else? So a couple of weeks notice and you're building up suites for people that have meeting rooms beforehand. Yeah, because they got like blank space. So if they want meeting rooms, we're bringing in like hard sided fabrication um, mm -hmm. spaces that look like you can imagine like the conference rooms that might ring the outside of a co-working space. Yeah. And then a center space within that that was a gorgeous countertop. Um, with multicolored stools, again, kind of keeping it festive, keeping it light because yeah. you want it to feel like you're at a cruise ship that had the Workday and Scout co-branding. And then we threw in a bunch of other layered additional co-branded opportunities, like throw pillows with the brand on them on all of that gorgeous, uh, mm. you know, lounge deck, um, you know, deck of a cruise ship uh, lounge furniture. So just bringing it full circle here, the idea beforehand, it was a two-person marketing team. They knew they wanted an event that's going to attract a thousand to two thousand people. Um, in the middle of it all, in the midst of planning this insane event um, with you know thousands of people coming, and you need heat, you need electrical, you need permits, all that kind of stuff. You got the curveball of the acquisition, which it needs to be integrated. Uh, end result: Tell me, you know, what the end result, what it felt like with having this final event. So, I mean, I also want to give the client major credit for the content. I mean, I, they run, they ran every single thing that happened on three stages over two days. So a main stage and two breakouts, multiple sessions, attracting people. You would just watch throngs of people like, you know, flowing into these spaces, getting all the energy and the excitement that they needed to use this piece of software and then flowing out of it into a shared space that felt like a party you know, all day, every day. But as we often say, like a party with a purpose where they felt like they were getting connected to the brand, connected to the client, connected to one another. So they walk out saying like, I have a really good feeling about Scout, a really good feeling about this parent company of theirs work days. I can't wait to keep doing business with them. That's great. Uh, Paige, this has been a great um, kind of behind the scenes look of what it takes, what goes into pulling off an event of this size and caliber. Where can people go to learn more about you, connect with you, and uh, ask any questions? Yeah, so we are very easily accessible at kennedyevents.com. And then if you want to learn more about how we can help you, there's a link in the upper right corner that says schedule a consult. We make it fun and easy to get to know us. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Paige. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Events Podcast. Come back next time and be sure to click subscribe to get future episodes.